0: Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about when you are the client.
1: Yeah. My
0: my Uncle Sam finger pointing at you.
1: (laughs) See how it feels when it's (laughs) on the other side.
0: Yeah, I've often, in my mission to rid the world of hourly billing, I've always found, or always felt, and I, I think it's true, that the best way to see how nuts hourly billing is, is to pay someone hourly for a little while. Uh, and, and you get the feeling that all your clients have on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. You're like, uh, is anything going on? Is any progress being made? Are they making too much? Are they, are they burning too much time and not making enough progress? Like what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Right. And, uh, I, I had two experiences that are kind of like polar opposite in this regard. And, and I'll just share those quickly to kind of set the stage. So years ago, when I first went solo, I had a really utilitarian website that I designed myself because I'm no. not. No, <laughs> it's hard to believe. And it's not, it was, you know, I was like, eh, I'm, I should probably have a, a better looking website, a better first impression kind of thing um, for the kinds of clients that I was trying to attract or at least impress after that, after I attracted them and they get to the website and be like, wait, did the CSS even load? Like, is this done loading? Um <laughs> So I was like, I looked around, I asked around for recommendations of people, you know, good web designer, got a name and, uh, and you know, and it was an hourly rate and I was like, well, you know, it couldn't we, couldn't I just give you like a fixed fee and no, you know, it was hourly rate. It was pretty high, um, at the time it might've been $150 an hour, which I think is kind of high. I mean, these days that would be absurd, uh, for for someone in my situation to spend on 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 uh a web designer but (laughs) i digress so okay so and then what's my next question well how long do you think it's going to take well it's hard to say you know okay so i said fine go ahead um you know he asked for some direction i gave him some direction and he delivered something that was like you know you know and i get a bill like a week later for like 65 hours (gasps) something something crazy and it was and it was awful it was just so it was so bad and I I mean I might have the numbers wrong it was a lot I had to pay him thousands of dollars for something that I literally threw away it was it was terrible and uh, you know so I was like okay that was awful (laughs) go back and just leave my leave my utilitarian website there which I did forever and ever Oh wait, wait!
1: wait, I just want to stop you. So, so you basically fired him at that point. You didn't say, you know, I'm unhappy. Come back with something. Just get out of here.
0: No. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. There was, there were, there were, you know, there were other communication issues, and you know, but it wasn't. It was like a classic case of somebody plowing through like loads of hours with no very little back and forth, uh, and just like uh, anyway. Okay, so that that happened. That was a thing, and you could say. Uh, Who knows if maybe if you were flying the wall back then I I there was some blame for me not being clear about what I wanted. But that's not what happened. So, okay, so fast forward like years later and um, I don't know if I don't know. I think I was, again, looking around like, oh, I'm going to do it was back when I was doing my sort of credit union experiment. I was like, I want to do I want to hypothetically pick a a super focused target market as as an exercise because I was doing coaching at that point. I was like, oh, I'm going to take my own medicine, eat my own dog food. And I was like, I know, I know that this audience, they're nowhere near as buttoned down as like financial services or like traditional banks. They're kind of like the hippies of banking, but still I wanted it to be, I wanted, you know, um, whatever, a CIO or CMO of, of a credit union, a big credit union to come to my site and not be like, is this guy serious? You know, I wanted it to give that really good first impression. Like it was a professional consulting website.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't know if I asked around or what, but somehow I came across Knapsack. I, I always forget their their domain name. I think it's knapsackcreative.com. It might be knapsackdesign.com. But anyway, Ben Manley, he's got this uh, little dev shop or little web design studio, and they do websites in a day. And I was Great like,
1: branding. Yeah,
0: website in a day. <laughs> and it's a fixed price. And so, you know, I, I met with them And, you know, they started to hit me with like, oh, you know, uh, what other websites do you like and what colors do you like and what fonts do you like? And I was like, no, you're going to make all those decisions. I'm hiring you to make all those decisions. I want it. I want someone who comes to my website to think I look expensive and trustworthy. So you figure it out. And they're like, sweet. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no problem. And where the the and they did it, and it was in one day, and I loved mm-hmm. it. You know,
1: I remember it. It was a good sight.
0: Yeah, it it it. I believe that it got a, it it projected the impression, or it gave the impression that I wanted it to give. And the difference between those two experiences was so fascinating. And I've had the I've had the conversation many times with people who bill hourly, whether it's my landscaper or whatever people roof my garage. It's like. They want to talk about all the time that they're putting in and all the man hours and inputs and tool you know and, and uh supplies they're gonna use. I don't care about that. I just want no squirrels in my garage, I want no water in my garage, I want uh my neighbors to be jealous of my lawn. Like that's what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, to be to be more frank, I, I don't wanna be embarrassed on my lawn is more like it. <laughs> but i don't care if you have a swarm of 10,000 people come and and clip each individual blade of grass with tiny scissors i don't care what you do i just as the client i want to i want to say here's the outcome i want i want to be not embarrassed by my curb appeal of my house how much mm-hmm. does that cost and and if the person starts talking about well this many people and this many hours and i'm like no i just want a price i'll pay you I'll subscribe to you for 300 bucks a month so that every time i come home i'm like oh not bad mm-hmm. <laughs> and they want to ask me all these questions like oh this and i'm like i'm like no just make it like you you guys do every house in this neighborhood just do that <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. care it's like uh, so it's it's wild because when um it's funny because when you are the, the when you are the seller let's just say buyer and seller when you're the seller I know lots of people are in that mode of like wanting to get into details of the inputs. We're going to, you know, these colors and this many hours and, uh, and this, these supplies and all of these expenses, expenses, expenses. And, and sometimes your your customers are used to that. They're trained to that, that, that that's the experience, that that's what you need to talk about. So lots of them will get sucked into that. And for me, Like, I can't, I just can't operate that way anymore. You know, if somebody's like, oh, I'll I'll do this, that, and the other for your podcast feed or something. I'm like, all I care about is the output. And if they don't, and when I, when I'm the client and some service provider can't get there, because it happens a lot. They, they're like, they can't even think from my side of the table, like higher level, like what, what is the outcome? they can't mm-hmm. they can't if they can't switch their brain over to that mode i i can't work with them or i'm or if i do work with them it's in a it's usually s- s- well disappointing is a strong word but a lot of times it's like i'm not as satisfied as i could be i'm thinking about their job too much i don't want to think about their job you know mm-hmm. i just want the result so uh, going through that exercise whether whether you do that like i said with uh i don't know what's a what's a typical you know landscaper or someone who does your dry cleaning or or cleans your house or whatever it could be any kind of service it's a fun exercise to be like hey what if i just paid you a fixed monthly fee and 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 this the success metric is x like it's some outcome so like every time i come home uh i'm happy with the way it looks and s- like a good like someone who's going to be a good fit with you is going to be like yeah great yeah let's do that because that gives them an opportunity to dramatically cut their costs if they can still deliver that that satisfaction with you know not with ten thousand people with tiny pairs of scissors cutting individual blades of grass and <laughs> they'll be like sweet yeah no problem.
1: I I had an experience like that just yesterday You know, I'm turning over my rental property and I brought the landscaper in to kind of clean it up. And I never discuss what the price is ahead of time because he's always so reasonable. I never worry about it. He's Mm -hmm. a good guy. He came in. I swear he was there for 20 minutes. Clip, 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 move, move, move. I mean, the guy was like a a whirling dervish. Mm -hmm. And when he was done, it was like night and day. It was like a, a television reno. Right. And yeah. so, he's, he's, so we're, he's looking at me, he goes, I said, Well, do you want me to pay you today? Or he's coming back to do some special plantings in a couple of days. Or he said, Yeah, I goes, um, How's 200 sound? Now, if I sat there and said, Oh, I just paid a landscaper $200 for 20 minutes, you'd go, Boy, that's expensive. I looked at it and said, Look what he did. I got mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted. I only had to deal with it for 20 minutes. The guy's a genius. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Write the check. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of this comes back to, we all have, and I'm going to call it our quirks. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because it's a point of view. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a point of view of outcomes. There are people who have point of view about inputs. There are people who want to dictate every little thing now i don't want to work with those people right um but some you know they do get people to work with them so i think part of being the client is getting clear on how you want to work and how you're going to measure your happiness right with it yeah
0: yeah that's a great point where it's you can make money just being told what to do Uh, but you know if you're like building an authority business that's not it's not really the path i just said it, so it's funny that you 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 mentioned that because yesterday i had a phone call with someone that where you know they were like well we want to (laughs) be we want to be the leader in the industry for the thing that we do it's like it's kind of up for grabs right now there's no clear leader we want to be the leader and and they were talking to me about pricing and i was like well just make yourself the most expensive and everyone will assume you're the leader (laughs) and they're like well but how will we close any deals and i'm like look the way to be the leader is to act like the leader. And what would a leader mm-hmm. do? A leader would say no to way more customers than you're taking on. A leader would be the most expensive by fifty percent at least, and th- that's going to make you look like the leader. You know, can you just? You know, is it dangerous to just do that overnight? Maybe there's a there's a way to do that where you you know you're not going to uh, shoot yourself in the foot. You know, but they had they had good street cred. They were certainly one of the top firms. Uh, in this space. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't just turn a switch overnight, but certainly I would change the way that their sales team worked. And I would be less accommodating and, you know, be pickier about who we worked with and get really clear on who they wanted to work with and then adhere to those guidelines or those policies. And, and, you know, just act like, just act like it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where it's simple, but not easy.
0: Yeah, that's exactly um, what I said. It's yeah. simple to understand, but it's, it's not easy to execute. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think when we pick people to work with us, when we are the client, um, and I'm sure we can go through a litany of decisions we made that weren't the best, um, but what really helps is to be clear about who we are and how we want to work and what's most important to us and, and to be realistic I guess is what I'm saying. I'm thinking about an accountant that I hired who, um, you know, very likable. And the first time that I met with her, she said, okay, in order for you to, for me to take you on as a client, she had a firm, she had some other people, it was small, you know, very small, but um, she said, in order for me to take you on, you have got to put your books in this particular um, uh, app, Mm -hmm. forget what it was at the time. And I thought- You know, that's not unreasonable. I could see why that's going to help streamline the process. And it had some bells and whistles I didn't already have. So I said, okay, I will do that. And I did. And then that was the last time I ever had any interaction with her. The rest of it was with these staff people who didn't seem to know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I found out after the fact that she made a, are you ready, $40,000 error on our taxes Ugh. and so at that point i'm like all right i'm done i need someone new so now this time what i did was i said i need to find someone who gets what i do and who who feels it and i can't tell you how long it took me to find a cpa and they, yeah. I, they it's not like they had to be in my town i don't care where they are it's like they need to understand you know california tax rules and they need to understand business but other than that and it probably took me three months Of looking and the person I finally selected and I know you're gonna laugh at this Jonathan but she has a website where she actually tells the story of why she became an accountant Hmm. and it's an emotional story and I'm like oh my god she has all these credentials All the kinds of things you want to see in your CPA and has been in tax firms and done all the things that I respect. But she also had this story. And Mm. so I reached out and um, I did check references because I, you know, I didn't know her and she's been amazing. Mm. She gets this idea that business is important and taxes are important and meeting regulations are important, but it's also a business with people. And so we market and we brand and we treat people a certain way. So it's, you know, when I did that, that was maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I think that, that I found her. And I just use that for every single person that I work with. I I just, if somebody can't get the idea of, of the humanity in their business, that it's not just about a number or a website or that they can't get that humanity, I don't work with them. Mm. I know it's not going to turn out well.
0: Would you say that having read that story, it made you believe that she saw things from your perspective? Like, I don't know what the story was, but...
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the story had to do with her father. And he passed away when she was young and so you know that tugs at my heartstrings and she you know lifted herself up she put herself through school it was that underdog story (laughs) and so for me i love working with underdogs i mean i'm an underdog i love that so yeah that's how we that's how i bonded with her i mean she didn't know i was reading her website it's how i bonded with her and then now had i met her and she turned out to be, you know, somebody who really didn't know what she was doing or, you know, she was mean or nasty or whatever. I, I wouldn't have hired her, but it all aligned. She, I felt like she was who she said she was. Interesting. And, you know, and, and yeah, and it's, it's in this case, it's kind of that right brain, left brain. But it's I think it's it's key because let, let me give you another example. So I have a client who great guy right but he's got a bit of a temper mm-hmm. and so he'll unleash that temper on some of his people he does not do it to me because i do not allow that <laughs> it doesn't happen but i've seen it happen with some other people and it's not like like a mean you know you're terrible kind of a temper it's just he, he gets upset that something's not getting done mm-hmm. and so i watch this and i don't think that he realizes he's doing this, and so he attracts a certain kind of person to do some of these execution-style things. They have to be able to take his temper and not tell him where to go, and so they tend to do things that he says rather than push back. Mm-hmm. And it's you know I'm pretty far removed from this um, this particular thing, but it's really fascinating. To watch that and i think th- that that's what can happen is it's it's like a, a slippery slope
0: where the the sort of um negative symbiosis in other words like you're
1: yeah it's kind of like well he's the client so we must be right mm. you know yeah and so yeah so i what i try to do and it's not it's not that you know we don't get upset with things that happen, but I try to remember that the person on the other end is human. <laughs> and I try to understand kind of where their point of view, where they're coming from. Now, sometimes I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. You know, I'm thinking of a time that I've mentioned before, where I hired somebody to help me on a convert kit thing. Yeah. And And I kept getting these videos on how to do things. And I'm like, you don't understand. I don't want a video about how to do it. I hired you to do it. (laughs) Go do it. (laughs) And if you want videos, then this is not going to be a good match. And it just wasn't a good match. Was she a bad person? No. That's just the way she wanted to work. So my point is, and I know I'm getting it. To this in a very roundabout way is when you are the client you still have the responsibility to choose someone who's going to work well with you and you know you've got to use your spidey sense yeah
0: yeah and and maybe uh, and i think it's there's a, a high degree of self-awareness that is helpful when you know you're you just want someone to t- take care of it like the example you just gave it's like i don't want to know how to do it i want it to remain a black box I don't even, I, I've, I just found out that uh, my accountant's not using QuickBooks Online anymore. Like when I first hired her years ago, it, my stuff was all in QuickBooks and then we switched to QuickBooks Online. And mm-hmm. then at some point, and like, I trust her implicitly and she just is great. And I was like, oh, I, I just went to, <laughs> went to tell, a little P&L <laughs> for my refi and I couldn't find, I couldn't like, she's like, oh yeah, we haven't used that in years. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> you know, and, and I was just like, great. Like, that's what I want. And she knows, like, f- I don't know if we ever talked about it. We probably did. Like, at one point, I probably said, look, I don't want to know anything about this. I got, you know, you were recommended from a close friend. I trust you. We met in person. We totally hit it off. I was like, just d- just don't get me in trouble. Just make sure everything's taken care of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, so, um, t- you know, so that that's one example where I don't want to know a thing about it and then i can think of another fairly recent example from 2019 i had you know our our mutual va friend doing uh some youtube stuff for me and for me the youtube stuff was very much an experiment uh so i i just wanted to spend enough money to to do the test i wanted to see mm-hmm. see what it was like over on youtube see how i felt about it see how much work it was see what kind of reaction one can get and and i didn't really uh, I mean, I knew what outcome I wanted, you know, like jillions of subscribers, but, <laughs> you know, she couldn't promise that. And I knew it wasn't right. realistic. So to come at that with like an outcome based philosophy wasn't, wasn't really going to work because it was, it was really R and D essentially. I just was like, Oh, I, I just want to spend a little money to goof around and see what happens and see if there's any try, like, see what I find out. I don't know what, I'm mm-hmm. at the point where I don't even know if this is worth putting money into. So it's a test. So it was much more micromanagey there because not too bad but definitely much more i wanted to know what was going on i wanted to know what she was trying i wanted to make suggestions try other things kind of brainstorm a little bit more Mm -hmm. Um, so that wasn't so you know but the point of bringing up those two different cases one where i was like thoroughly and completely and forever hands off and one where i wanted to be a little bit more hands-on it's the, I think the importance is knowing that you're not always gonna be one way or the other. And it's kind of like, well, how do I want to, do I wanna be a micromanager with this particular thing? Is that really the right move? For some reason, maybe yes, or maybe it's not the right move. And then find someone who's going to to align with that. So like my, my first designer that I didn't like, um, it was, he, it was weird. It was like, it was kind of like, I didn't really wanna be hands-on, but he didn't find out what my desired outcome was, and he certainly didn't deliver it. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, we had the conversation, but it just didn't sink in, I guess, or whatever. It was just foreign, and uh, so it was just a mismatch of expectations, like like super bad mismatch of ex- expectations.
1: Well, you know, I want to pick on a word that you said a couple of times, um, and, and it's micromanaging. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everybody has a visual and a feeling of what that is. I want to replace it though. I want mm-hmm. to replace it with the word collaborative. And but it's a it's like a meter, right? Because there there is yeah, um, micromanaging. But to me, that's at the far end of one. When you mm-hmm. described the YouTube thing, that sounded more collaborative it to was. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so collaborative. See, for me, I love that especially when I'm working with creatives or I'm a creative on a project, I want to work collaborative, collaboratively in both senses. I want to work collaboratively with my accountant, with my VA. Um, you know, every once in a while there will be something where I'll say, this just needs to get done and I'm making the decision, let's do it. But that's the exception, mm-hmm. not the rule. So I think we all have a place on that collaboration meter that feels like a comfort zone. And maybe we push out of it for different things. Like you did this a different way because it was new to you and you wanted to learn something and and you wanted to observe and like take that in and then use that to make your next decision more informed. Right. So I I just want to make sure, I think it's perfectly fine to get in and be involved with someone. The micromanaging to me is where you're telling someone how to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, again, depends on how you want to work. But for me, I don't want to hire people where I have to tell them what to do. I want them to be way smarter than me at what they do. And I want to be able to listen and interpret and then make decisions based on what they what they say and do.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Right. Because it was collaborative and that's that is what I wanted. Um, And if I thought hard enough about it, I mean, I guess the outcome would be uh, deciding whether or not I wanted to continue using YouTube or, or and if so how to use it. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the outcome and if I was going to value price that the value would have been pretty low. So if if you know if if she, if she had been a value pricing type of person and she had said well how much do you want to spend to get an answer to that question. I would have probably said eh, a couple thousand bucks maybe. maybe. Right. You know, like it's not I'd, once if it got higher than that I'd be like eh, I don't even it's probably it's probably gonna turn into nothing. I'm probably not gonna go go hard on YouTube. I, I found you know, I'm still playing around with it, but um
1: It wasn't a bet the business problem. Uh,
0: no, hardly. It was kind of like, eh, I feel like it might be, you know, it's kinda of like lukewarm on it. But uh you know, and it's okay. And I do get a lot of people who are like, Wow, I love your videos, and I'm like and it's cool because they just, you know, that was twenty nineteen and they're all still up there and they still work. So that's cool that's and that's like oh okay that's pretty nice like a podcast but you know you see somebody talking mm-hmm. it's a little bit more trust building um
1: so well, maybe maybe it's the bet the business thing maybe we should talk about that for a second mm-hmm. because i think there's a there's a level of importance on some things that doesn't apply to others you know so if like you're doing the sure. website that's High. Imp- I wouldn't call it bet the business necessarily, but in some right. ways it is. I mean, it's it's your it's your storefront, it's your billboard, versus I don't know how you handle a line item on your on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're different, and maybe what we do is we invest differently depending on how how big the the problem feels to us.
0: Yeah, it's a different risk profile. Yeah. So, right. So yeah, it's th- the scary thing, though, is when. I guess the danger, not scary so much, but the danger is that when something is high risk and high impact, so high likelihood of failure mm-hmm. and, a, and it's, it's a bad failure if it happens,
1: <laughs>
0: then that, that's when I used to get hired as a consultant because people wanted to hedge. They wanted to right. mitigate the risk. So they wanted right. to find someone who had written a book on this thing that they were about to do or was related to this giant prog- project that they needed to get right the first time. And, you know, it'd be like a massive migration from one database to another, or it'd be like a a huge um, push from native apps into mobile web apps and stuff like that. And they didn't, they couldn't afford to screw it up because it'd be bad press and then bad, Mm -hmm. then the second try, there would already be like coming from a a negative, you know, like they'd be digging out of a hole instead of starting from scratch and miss the window of opportunity and all these things. So the the danger is that when the risk is very high the the person who's taking the risk can get very hands on it yeah. kind of like the worst possible time mm-hmm. you know so like it's it's like the car is crashing and the person in the back seat is grabbing the steering wheel from the cabby you know it's like no that's just going to make it worse you know like well, let that's, the, that's let the when driver you have to drive.
1: yeah you've got to talk them down yeah. i mean and that's when you can use language Um, where you're making observations, you know, gee, it looks like, you know, this is happening and this is how, this is why you're feeling this way. Gee, it feels like (laughs) maybe da-da-da-da-da or help me understand. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorites because, you know, maybe there's stuff we don't know about and getting them to think through it Mm. can help them sort of de-stress and de-escalate the situation right so yeah right. yeah no i totally agree those are the and those are as a, as a consultant those are the fun things to be involved in i mean very stressful but when when you when you do it when you make this big leap i mean it's awesome
0: yeah it's super high value too so you can, yeah yeah
1: yeah and you just kind of you just kind of walk around with a glow for a few days <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so I guess the point is you know there's all these different um, all these different factors that can go into being a good client in a situation or really picking a picking a good provider uh, that's going to be appropriate to your needs in a given situation. it's not going to be like a blanket um, it's not going to be like a blanket approach across your whole life and business there's going to be certain things where you you want to be more collaborative. And certain things where you just want to be totally hands off, um, and and for some reason, I think the hands off one. I mean, they both require trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to pick someone that you that you believe is going to operate in your best interest. And well, there's there's an interesting little rabbit hole. So I'm trying to think like <laughs> how how do I decide whether whether someone is going to operate in my best interest? And it's it's not that I think that they would purposely operate against my best interest because what would be the point but certain but i i can think of scenarios where someone has been like you know me me saying like here's the outcome that i want and then like sort of yeah 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 like yeah i get it and i can kind of feel like they don't actually they get don't it, yeah so i don't trust that they're going to operate my best interest because they're not really listening or they don't or they, or they think they are and they just don't understand it So it's it's not it's not that I'm saying that I wouldn't necessarily trust the person. I just wouldn't. I don't trust that they understand what I want. You know what I mean? That's part
1: of that. Well, that to me, that's part of being the client is making sure that they do understand. And it's almost like, and you wouldn't do it this way. It's almost like, so tell me, what did I just say? Yeah. (laughs) What's you know what's important, and that's why I love proposals so much because you get a chance to lay out something when i was in big firm consulting i won a lot of things from my proposals because i listened Mm -hmm. and i fed that back in their language so they could feel it so they and that was the most important thing is that they want you to get it so if you you know dial that down to you know picking an accountant or picking somebody to help you with your website or communication project whatever those things are you're just it's really important that that you know they know what you want
0: Yeah, because we
1: can't. Ass- yeah, we can't assume.
0: Yeah, and I, I did the exact same thing you do. I would, I would write down as verbatim as possible what they told me in the sales interview when I would be asking them the why. Con- when we'd be having the why conversation,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and so here's the, the sort of irony is or or like the ongoing challenge is, um, even so, I think it's probably pretty normal for a client to be nervous that you that you're not going to operate in their best interest because you don't know what their desired outcome is so it's so it's i think it's a natural subconscious level thing where they're like not so sure that this money they're going to give you is going to turn into positive roi because they're not so sure that you understand their desired outcome and even though i think that's a pretty normal state of affairs they still don't volunteer their desired outcome (laughs) In fact, it can take a half an hour or longer to even help them uncover it, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre. Yeah. Because they're like, it's almost like their subconscious is like, we don't believe that this guy is going to be able to accomplish what we want. Well, no kidding, because you didn't tell them what you want, (laughs) but they can't, but they can't, they don't know what they, it's so weird. It's the weirdest thing. I kind of enjoy, it's like one of my favorite things. It's, it's like why I don't mind doing sales calls. I used to not like doing sales calls. Uh, oh, I like now, I, now I dig it because it's this, It's more of like an exercise of, of um, of. it's almost like in a, a really good one, they'll almost have an epiphany where they're like, where they, they sort of know gut instinct that they need to hire someone like you to achieve some outcome, but they don't naturally share that with you. So you have to be like, well, why why do this project at all? This is going to be a big deal, you know? Why hire, so? you know, you're going to have to hire, even if you don't hire me, you're going to have to hire somebody really expensive. This is going to take a long time. Your employees are going to already have full-time jobs and they're going to be collaborating with me on this thing. Why would you do that? And they'll be like, they'll stare at you blankly and bad, <laughs> bad, bad clients will be like, who cares? Just do what we want. But good clients will sit back and be like, yeah, well, and, and sometimes it'll be obvious to them, but, but it's so obvious to them. They didn't even think to articulate it to you. And they'll be like, well, Amazon is about to launch a competitor. Like, oh, I did not know that. That's good to know. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of this. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So then it does become a bet the business situation for them. But it's, it's wild where they don't, they want to trust you. They don't want to keep interviewing people. They want to find someone that's great fit and in order for them to trust you they need to believe that you're going to operate in their best interest to achieve this outcome they want but they don't actually think to tell you <laughs> tell it to you <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going to bring this around to the theme it's like you know in the situation where you are the client it's a great idea to before you even start interviewing people is to start off like well what do i hope to get out of this like what right. would be the home run what would a home run look like and then start interviewing people and you could start with hey i'm looking to achieve this outcome um do you you know would you be interested in talking about that you know like do you believe you contribute to that somehow and maybe you know it's a maybe you know you need a web designer or maybe you need maybe you don't need a web designer maybe you need someone to do social media you know or or ppc or something else um but that would be a good exercise to go through before you, before you start going through the air quotes phone book uh, and interviewing people for some service that you want to provide is like get clear with yourself what the big picture is. And, you know, you know, if you want somebody to hit a home run for you, you need to d- define where the wall is so they can aim for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, because a, a good service provider will try to get into your head, but not everybody has the experience to do that. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, another thing. I'm not sure where this all fits in, but respect. And, you know, I don't want to work with someone I don't respect. And that could be someone who's got, you know, a few years of experience or somebody who's got a ton. And it could work both ways. I could have no respect for somebody that's been in the business forever and tons of respect for somebody who's new. It's for me. And again, it's everybody, you have to think about what's your, how do you look at what makes you respect someone? So, I want to make sure that they're aligned with my values an example would be if i were interviewing accountants and the first thing they said is well you could save a ton of money if you didn't take credit cards because then you wouldn't have transaction fees nothing wrong with bringing that up but i would say yes but Mm -hmm. it's what allows people to trust me when they don't know me and to really feel like they've got a money back guarantee Mm -hmm. it's 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 just an important tenant of my business and it's it's an expense I don't want to say I don't care about it. I'd love it if it was less, but I'm not going to get rid of it. Right. So it's like things like that. So if, if we had a discussion and then the person said, I just really think that's wrong. I just think you're just leaving so much money on the table. (laughs) I I would kind of go, they don't get me. Yeah, It's probably not a good fit or somebody else would go, Oh, okay. I get that. All right. Well, let's talk about, you know, this other thing over here. Mm -hmm. It's that, it's that respect. And I think it's, relatively easy in the front end to decide if you could respect someone you can look at their website you see how they talk you see their um their testimonials if they don't have them on the website you can probably find them on linkedin you get that sense for how their values and their style connect with yours and then of course you know once you start working with someone that's when you know it really starts to to come head to head
0: Mm. yeah for sure yeah, you don't I mean there's plenty of people to choose from in, in in most cases. Like why not work with somebody that you click with? You know, it's not just it's yeah. I feel like I feel like it's it's on the spec this sort of pyramid of, of of resonating, you know, respect is in there, mm-hmm. trust is in there. Uh, yeah, values being aligned is in there. Yeah.
1: I put values kind of like right at the bottom for me, that's my base. Mm-hmm. Because if if our values are really off then it's, there isn't going to be a, a sink. Like if, if somebody said, oh, you know, if we just move this decimal point over here, oh my God. it's all <laughs> going to be okay. I was like, get out of my face. I don't want, I don't want anything to sure. do with you. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's a whole spectrum of sketchy, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So what do you, what do you think about... We, I, I think it was the last show we mentioned the brain surgeon, though. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering, I'm wondering yeah. if this is an exception or how it fits in where yeah the, where they're an arrogant jerk but they're the babe ruth of th- this thing and you're just gonna like hold your nose and send the check and they're gonna execute the thing is that yeah what, I- is it like my, <laughs> my world view that i'm like i don't have to, i don't have I, there's no, I don't need anything bad enough to hire that guy yeah
1: See, it's funny. I I think we're both in the same place on that because that was my my initial reaction. Is I don't want to hire somebody like that. But I would say if I suddenly got you know a, a brain tumor or this right. terrible disease, yes, I'd want a, a brain surgeon. I think that there are organizations that need brain surgeons absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about when I was when I was in a, a large consulting firm. There was a guy who ran this one practice and. Oh, like if you look up arrogant in the dictionary, there's his picture. Mm -hmm. And the guy was, he was a genius, but he was just a miserable human being. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't let him touch anybody junior in any organization because they would just put the kibosh on him. We only let him deal with this very narrow, um, kind of uh, very senior advisor in very, very big companies. So we maybe let him loose- Yes, at the client, I'm sorry. So we maybe let him loose with five or 10 clients, Mm -hmm. tops. Mm -hmm. We didn't let anybody else near him because he was so obnoxious, but he was the brain surgeon. But those organizations needed what he had. And now we still didn't introduce him where somebody needed what he had and we thought they would blow up. Mm -hmm. Or I introduced him one time and I said to the client ahead of time, all right, listen, I just want you to understand. This guy is a genius, what he does now he's insufferable when you have him in a meeting so i just want you to understand if you have a bad reaction to him it's okay i'll get rid of him i'll take him away but i want you to hear what he has to say and so by framing it that way you know i was like the brain surgeon's assistant i guess in that case but by framing it that way it gave them a way to choose or not choose yeah but yeah i i i I don't want a brain surgeon type in my day-to-day business yeah yeah. Although, you know what, you might, you might buy products from a brain surgeon type, I suppose. I mean,
0: that's a great point. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm thinking of particular people who I like a lot better in book form than on the phone.
1: Oh, one in particular. Mm-hmm. Love is books. <laughs> <Ugh. Yeah. laughs> Not just no, I... no tolerance for, for the yeah. person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can think of a few, but you're right. Like, the books are great.
1: <laughs> hmm Yeah, and see, for me, and ev- again, everybody's different, where I draw the line is if somebody does something that's truly obnoxious um, and you know somebody who's on like a foreign political spectrum that believes you know everybody should just die like that kind of stuff I, I don't want to read what they write I don't care how genius it is I, I'm not letting that into my into my brain right. um, but yeah but we're talking about people that are talking yeah, that's about case. Like- yeah we're talking about people who are experts at something and and you know there's still i mean the the one person i think we both have in mind i i, I won't be reading any of his new books assuming he has some i just i just at the point where i don't really care but he has to say there are other people who can talk about that same kind of thing in yeah. a in a way that i like to support
0: uh-huh Well, back to the brain surgeon thing for one second, like the metaphor specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, it ties in with what we were talking about earlier, where there's a super high risk, and the impact, like the likelihood and impact, are both really high, and so you start to care about the other nice to haves a little less. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that I just don't, I don't have that situation. Like, I don't have a situation that I can think of where the risk is really high. And the, the the likelihood and the impact are both really high, but if so, then I, maybe I would look for do a little bit more one-dimensional search, if you will. So, like, really, just mm-hmm. like who's the best in the world? I don't care what their bedside manner is like. I'm not gonna I'm not marrying them. I'm gonna be unconscious for you know. I might have one meeting with them or two meetings with them, and then be unconscious for eight hours and then n- never talk to them again. So it kind of doesn't matter what the bedside manner is.
1: Yeah. We had a guy like that at Anderson and he had an expertise. um, I'm not saying he was obnoxious. I'm just saying smart wise, he was a brain surgeon and his expertise was compensation plans for partnerships, Hmm. which is really complicated for for big partnerships. I mean, like a two person partnership, you probably wouldn't call him in, but he was super expensive, super technical, um, very, very focused on what he did. And I mean, it's like he lived, ate, and, and breathed it. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like it. But the guy yeah, was a genius. his specialty. Yeah. And so, but we knew when to bring him in. And people generally just welcomed him in. And plus, in partnerships, when you're doing pay, there's lots of people. So you have to make a lot of people happy. So I believe, having only seen him in action on the front end, I believe he had some skill sets with getting partners to listen to each other, or he mm. would never have been successful mm. in that. But, but that would be an example of something that's pretty arcane. And you can have somebody like that in a big firm because he's super specialized and he's got all these other people out there finding the opportunities for him. He doesn't have to market himself. He just has to close the deal when he gets introduced to a, a potential client.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like we might be getting a little off topic here, but there's 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 a conversation around reputation that if that I feel coming on, maybe a different episode. But the the reputation is going to include all of those things. You know, it's going to include their capabilities, their successful outcomes, their attitude, their personality, like, you know, your, your reputation precedes you type of thing. Mm hmm you know and for someone you know for the brain surgeon types you're they almost have to have you know it's the difference between an expert and an authority like the expert is perhaps anonymous like you could be an expert at something but no one knows you Mm -hmm. uh, or very few people know you but if you're an authority i feel like that's you're a recognized expert to me Mm -hmm. like another way to say authority is recognized expert right and uh yeah, I keep feeling like there's some exception here for the brain surgeon, I, but anyway, most people are not looking for that. I think in in the context of this episode, you know, I I really I really love the exercise of being more conscious of your interaction with providers, whatever you call them, sellers, service people who sell services to you, whether it's, you know, your dry cleaning or lawn, whatever, you know, lawn care, what it doesn't matter, but you know, um, you know, what are nanny? I don't care. It's like, like if you, if you're more conscious of like, okay, what, um, what is the home run here? You know, like, I suppose it's just, no, no, I guess it could be a subscription thing, like an ongoing relationship. Like what's the home run? What, what's the outcome that I'm looking for here? And And do I normally find myself focusing on the inputs? Like, you know, like work from home and I see how long the landscapers are here for, It's not long, (laughs) you know, but it's a team of people and they've got like expensive equipment and they come out, but I don't care about any of that. Uh, But I I could imagine if I was like, um, if I didn't have this bigger picture of what I was hoping to accomplish, like what my desired outcome was, I could say, you know, I could imagine emailing Tom from the landscaping company and saying, Tom, the guys were only here for like half as long as they were the last time and the bill was the same. What gives, Mm -hmm. you know? And being focused on the inputs instead of being satisfied, saying like, was it worth what I paid for the outcome? So I I think it's a good exercise. And then, uh, and why is it good? Because then when you are on the other side of the table and you're meeting with a prospect, you will, you will be more empathetic with the situation that they're in. Yes. Yeah. So they, they might ask you and talk about inputs a lot but what they really need to get across to you is the underlying motivation. What's the big picture? What is the, what would be a home run? It's like, Hey, I w- you want to hit a home run for him, don't you? Well, ask what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you don't want to show up to a, a a basketball game with a baseball bat. It's, you want to have like you want to be prepared to potentially achieve this outcome. So it really helps to know what it is. You know, where's the target that I'm aiming for. And, and like we were saying before, it's, it's it's super it's almost a paradox they will almost never tell you what it is unless you dig almost never
1: you know i'm, I'm thinking back to my landscaper discussion yesterday and there were these big rocks you know, we use a lot of rocks in landscaping in palm springs but this is a small space and there were these three plants and two of them had died but they had these rocks around them that looked like little kids doing a campfire I hate those rocks. And I didn't like <laughs> them before, but I'd spent a lot of money on other stuff. So I'm like, hey, Andres, what do you what do you think? Should we get rid of the rocks? And he looked at him and goes, Well, you know, they're sort of okay. And and I said, Yeah, they've not given me clean desert. So he goes in and he pulls and these rocks are I don't know, they're probably twenty or thirty pounds apiece. He picks up the rocks and it was like instantly it was perfect. And he goes, you're right, no rocks. Let's get rid of all of them. And so, you know, he piled them up and taught me how to say rock in Spanish. So, um, the, 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 you know, the point is, like, when you start to see that, and you can work collaboratively, and, you know, I, I wasn't saying absolutely the rocks didn't need to be there. I was trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. when he moved the rocks, I was like, oh. That's perfect. So you have that, mm-hmm. that collaborative thing. But the other thing I don't want to forget is, is when you are the client and you're working with these other people, these people may wind up referring work to you. Um, I've had it happen a lot where um, either my accountant will say, well, you know, you should really talk to Rochelle about this, or my VA has introduced me to some of her clients. And sometimes it's just where we'll have an hour brainstorm about something. But I had one of her clients very generously give me an hour of his time on something that was really technical that I was stuck on. Mm. And I, I kind of didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to hire. And he listened to the problem, walked me through what to do. And I was able to make a decision at the end of that call. And he just did that to be a nice guy. Mm, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about gratitude and, and giving to others before, <laughs> but I think there's that other piece. I, I just look at it when, I don't hire that many people to help me in my business, but when I do, I want them for the most part to be integral. To feel like they know what we're trying to do, that they know what they can do to help, and that they'll also bring ideas to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want somebody. I don't want a bunch of yes people.
0: Right? Yeah. But once in a while, does want I want yes one. people. Then you'll get those. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah.
1: One, well, I said once in a while, I want one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, it's pretty rare.
0: <laughs> yeah. But so, dear listener, like, listen to how specific Rochelle just was with her sort of criteria for hiring or, you know, it's not really, you know, for, for I guess yeah. it's hiring. Yeah. It
1: was, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's contract, but yeah, it is. You're yeah. not an employee. But. Right.
0: Right. And so it's not to say that those should be your criteria, but you could certainly, it certainly would benefit you to know what they are. Yeah. You, you know, want to have some. Right. And Absolutely. Know what kind of thing you're looking for, know what objective you're trying to reach know what the big picture is the mission the vision of whatever that you're trying to achieve so that the the to set the other person up the seller set them up to be able to you know wow you to just blow you out of the water like whoa that was amazing that was great Mm -hmm. it's like give them the tools and like the main tool for me is like understanding what the desired outcome is because it happens also i think you know it's probably obvious i don't know if i if i explicitly said it but some providers are so used to uh, just focusing on their inputs that they can't even they can't even get there they're just like yeah Wait, what why are you telling me you know like i'm just going to code as fast as i can and when it's done it's done it's like no it, it's not what i really cuz the, the it, and here's here's the problem the the reason why that's a problem is because Almost any kind of service I'm trying I'm scanning my memory bank I can't really think of a service in which the service provider doesn't have to make a million little decisions that they're not going to consult with you They're not gonna like you're not gonna say eh, should I use spaces or tabs or eh, should I do this or that? As you're doing something like whether it's whether it's babysitting or or doing the lawn or building a web app There are gonna be a lot of decisions that they make million decisions that they make on the fly as they're doing things And they're not gonna stop to ask you every single one so Mm -hmm. if they don't know the big picture sometimes you could think of it as a commander's intent if you google that it's kind of a similar thing a very clear objective then they can knowing that then when these million decisions come up if there are any little forks in the road that would end up adding up to a big disconnect they're going to be more likely to pick the right path and end up closer to the bullseye Mm -hmm. there's a hilarious seinfeld video you can find it on youtube um uh, where Jerry's got a carpenter redoing his kitchen, and the guy's in his house for like months, and he just <laughs> asks him every, "Do you want this hinge or that hinge?" And he's like, uh, "The the one on the right hand. Why do you want that one? I don't know. <laughs> I just it's hilarious. So there's just a lot of a million little decisions that go into every engagement, and and you want to arm them with the, the person who's doing it you want to let them know what they're trying to get at so that they can make better decisions as they're doing it
1: yeah yeah I mean it's we're chosen by clients all the time and then this time we get to do the choosing and so I just think it's a matter of channeling what we value and how we want to work with our clients into how we work with the people who help us in our business Alignment. It's everybody better.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and we learn lessons along the way, too. I mean, you know, I've, I've learned some lessons, and they're not just that I chose the wrong person, but that I I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't give them the tool they need to be successful. Once I chose someone who was wired a certain way, it's then in my obligation to make sure that I give them what they need in that regard, because I knew it going in, mm-hmm. um, and then you go, uh, you know what? I made a mistake. I should not have chose someone with this way of working because it's really not in sync with mine,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else or should we leave it there?
1: Oh, let's leave it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Rochelle Moulton.
0: We hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.